Now for this month's special series on ReachMD, focus on future medicine. We're looking ahead to pivotal breakthroughs and technologies that will transform healthcare in the coming years. Just how serious is the nursing shortage? You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Focus on Future Medicine. We are discussing the outlook for the nursing profession. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Peter Burehouse, the director of the Center for Interdisciplinary Health Workforce Studies at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. Burehouse, welcome to the Clinician's Round. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Tell us, when did the current nursing shortage begin and how did it begin? This shortage began in 1998, and so today it has lasted easily 10 years and now moving into its 11th year, which makes it one of the longest-lasting shortages that the nation has experienced in easily half a decade. Now, this shortage is unusual in that it began on the supply side. Now, we've all kind of gone through a number of shortages, uh, as many of our listeners have experienced, but most of these shortages grew out of an increase in the demand for nurses for whatever reason, and it took a while for nurses who were currently not working in the labor market to learn that there was a shortage and then rejoin the workforce and then over time for schools to produce more nurses to satisfy this growing demand. This is sort of a normal experience when the demand goes up, and it takes a little while for the supply side to catch up, satisfy the market, and the shortage goes away. Now, in 1998, though, the shortage began on the supply side. And by that, Susan, I'm thinking about the experience of hospitals who were saying, where are all these intensive care unit nurses? I need them, and the shortages were developing there. And it turns out that there was just not enough younger nurses in the workforce to satisfy hospitals' need for nurses in the intensive care units. It turns out that many young nurses liked that environment. They were bold, cocky, they could do it all, and they were younger, and we were beginning to run out of it. And then briefly, the hospitals were also reporting that uh, the shortages were breaking out in the operating rooms and the post-anesthesia recovery units. And we discovered that this was the area where the aging of the RN workforce was already taking hold. In other words, we were seeing older nurses in these particular specialty areas, and they were beginning to retire out. All that started back in 1998 on the supply side. Another couple years demand for RN started to pick up, and then it kind of moved over into a classic demand-side shortage. Is there anything different about the current nursing shortage that distinguishes it from other shortages? Yes, in some ways, in that today, the response of nurses to this current shortage has been occurring largely among an older population of RNs. That is... RNs who are over the age of 50. So we have structurally today a much older workforce than any previous shortage that we've experienced since way back in the mid-60s when Medicare and Medicaid began. So the response on the supply side has been driven largely by older RNs returning to work and secondly, by a huge increase in the number of nurses from other countries, fully a third 
of RNs who've been employed in hospitals over the past six years are from overseas. How serious is this nursing shortage? The shortage today is not as serious as it was a few years ago. The current shortage probably reached its height at around 2002, and it was then estimated that about 125,000 positions across the country were vacant, and that was a, a pretty serious shortage. The hospitals at the time were reporting that they uh, had to close certain nursing units. They could not uh, fully operate certain facilities and services. Outpatient hours were restricted. There were real concerns at that time. Hospitals then began to raise wages significantly and uh, take steps to improve the environment in their organizations, and that has led to sort of an increase in um, the number of RNs employed, plus one other factor, um, the increasing unemployment rates in the country. That shortage back in 2001 to roughly at 125,000 has gotten better over time. Estimates today are that the current vacancy rates are anywhere from 5 to 7% on a national average basis. So it's not as bad as it used to be, but still, many hospitals across the country still don't have enough nurses, and this does have an impact on the quality of patient care. What are the projections for the future in terms of a nursing shortage? Right now, the most recent projections that, that we've published, and they are the latest of, of anything that's out there, show that if we just sort of move along in the same direction that we've been taking over the past several years, by the year 2020, a shortage of an estimated 285,000 RNs would exist. Now, that would be almost three times larger than any shortage that has existed in this country going back 50 years. Now, we've taken our estimates even further, and that shortage grows out to about 500,000 by the year 2025. Susan, that shortage of 500,000 would be uh, of such a magnitude that it would really, I think, seriously alter the uh, ability to provide safe care or have any access to uh, patient care. It would really do some significant destruction to the healthcare industry. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Focus on Future Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Peter Burehouse, the director of the Center for Interdisciplinary Health Workforce Studies at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee, discussing the outlook for the nursing profession. Dr. Burehouse, describe what can be done to prepare for the future nursing shortage. I think there's a, a couple of things that we should be paying attention to. Number one is to adopt a long-run perspective. And by that, what I mean is currently today, many hospitals are beginning to uh, find that they have all the nurses that they need. The shortage is beginning to ease and even going away in some areas. That's being driven by the increase in the national unemployment rates in the country. 70% of nurses are married, so what happens to their spouse's economic well-being really is an important driver of whether or not a nurse will be working and how many hours they'll work. So as more and more 
are in spouses lose their jobs or worry that they could be, it's driving the RN back into the uh, labor market if she or he uh, wasn't in it or if they were only working part-time. So as a result, hospitals are going to find they've got more nurses available to them than they've had in the past. And there's a worry that will sort of conclude, oh, well, not a problem, no more shortage, move on to some other topic. But meanwhile, downstream, we have this looming development in which we'll see the bulk of the nursing workforce continue to age and after the year 2015 begin to retire out in large numbers, just as more and more baby boomers are reaching 65, consuming more health care, demanding more health care, demand going up in the future, and the supply of nurses uh, shrinking or, or at best holding steady as we see this increased retirement. Do you believe it's possible to prevent a future nursing shortage from developing? Boy, not get a lot of sleep in my life because I, I worried about that a lot. I'm sleeping a lot better because I think that uh, there are policies and that are available to us that we can beat this uh, long-term pessimistic outlook that I've been discussing. And the way I think we need to do that is come to terms with the fact that today, or actually over the past four or five years, we've had an inadequate capacity in our nursing education programs to take in all the people who want to become nurses and educate them so that they can join the workforce. We've been turning away safely between 25 and 50,000 qualified applicants who want to become nurses each year for the last five years. All those people that we need to replace that soon-to-be retiring workforce that we've talked about in the next decade, we need those people today to become nurses, and yet we've been turning them away. So the first thing we really need to do is to determine why we don't have enough capacity in our education programs and quickly resolve that. Expand the number of slots, if that's the problem, raise budgets so that we can afford faculty, and deal with this aging of our faculty. The faculty in nursing are aging even more rapidly than the workforce, so we're going to have to get innovative in getting enough faculty who are available to teach uh, future students. Item number one, increase the capacity of, of nursing education programs. Then the second thing I would suggest is a target on men and Hispanics. Men and Hispanics are woefully underrepresented in the nursing profession. And if we could just double the number of men from the current level of 200,000 to 400,000, just doubling that uh, percentage of nurses, that would bring us up to about 18, 19% of all the workforce being men. And if we could double the percent of nurses who are Hispanics, we would add another two to 300,000 RNs we could do that, and we could take away the shortage. We could prevent the shortage um, that we talked about from developing and, and go after that. We can beat this thing. Does a nursing instructor shortage exist? It's reported to exist in a number of schools. Several surveys have been conducted of the nation's nursing education programs. This is one of the top three issues reported by faculty. So the data suggests that, yes, there is a shortage and is likely to grow 
because of the impending retirement of so many faculty. How do you get innovative and expand that capacity when you're facing that shortage? Well, I think what I would like to see is to, first of all, as a society or, or government policymakers, recognize this problem for what it is. It's a, an important social problem. If we don't have enough nurses, uh, this is not good for our health care, personal health care, ourselves, our, our patients. It's certainly not good for employers. And if this nursing shortage were to develop as fully as our models and others are projecting, this would have an impact on the nation's economy. By dragging down the healthcare industry, you're putting at risk millions and millions of jobs, not just any job, but good-paying jobs. So I think we need to, to begin to see that the nursing profession is this glue that holds it all together, and that glue is beginning to unravel. So we need to address it at a pretty significant policy level across the country, target the resources to address these problems on the nursing education capacity and get it done in the next couple of years, not wait to address this problem when it becomes fully a crisis. Is migration a solution? It is in some respects for some people who feel that there should be no barriers for trade or commerce across country lines. And, in fact, that is how our workforce here in our nation has been dealing with the current shortage. We've seen an increase of over 100,000 nurses from other countries coming into this country since the year 2001. And I think that we're doing this because of our own failure to address these educational capacity problems our failure to target men, to target Hispanics. We've been successful in nursing in an increasing number of African Americans. It used to be there were 2 to 3% of all nurses. And over a 15-year period, we've brought that up to the point where now 11% of the workforce are African Americans. So we know we can do these things and accomplish that. We just need to get targeted and focused. Thank you to Dr. Peter Bierhaus for joining us to discuss the nursing shortage. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to Focus on Future Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library of on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Future Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com and download ReachMD's iPhone app, Medical Radio, to listen to the same live stream of ReachMD medical news and information you enjoy on XM160, plus CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download Medical Radio from the Apple iTunes Store today.